if you're fasting for longevity reasons, for things like telomere lengthening and all the benefits that are associated with longevity, 16-8 isn't really going to cut it in terms of what you need to be doing. You're listening to the High Performance Health Podcast, helping you optimize your health, performance, and longevity. My name is Angela Foster, and I'm a former corporate lawyer and high performance health coach. Each week, I bring you cutting edge biohacks, inspiring insights, and high performance habits to unlock optimal health, performance, and longevity. So excited that you've chosen to join me today. Now let's dive in. In this week's Bite Size episode, you're going to hear a clip from a live training I did all about fasting for women. And actually, the results may surprise you. Uh, Most of the studies have been done on sedentary men and women. There aren't that many studies done in relation to the results of fasting for longevity and autophagy on women who are intentional intentional about things like exercising and so the results may surprise you a little bit so in this bite size you'll be hearing about what kind of results you can expect from fasting whether it's good for women to fast whether there are certain times of the menstrual cycle what happens in kind of peri and post menopause and a whole lot more this is a clip from a live training i did if you'd like to listen to the whole training i go live every single week in my facebook community and i'll put a link in the show notes so that you can join that community it's completely free to join it's the high performance health community on Facebook and as I say I'll put a link in the show notes so you can listen to the full training that I delivered but for now enjoy this clip all about fasting for women. First of all, let's talk about why you might think about doing fasting first of all, right? As you're watching this guys, just put feel free to put comments in the in the chat. So one of the things is you want to uh, flip that metabolic switch, right? That would be a really common reason for fasting. When you're fasting, you switch over a period of time from using glucose as your primary fuel to ketones. Um, why would you want to do this? Many of the benefits that you've probably heard across social media are things like you're going to have higher energy, you're going to feel like you get a better get better brain uh, cognition and mental focus. That would be another reason for doing it. It cuts down overall calories. Generally speaking, some people do kind of binge a little bit when they stop fasting. For most people, it's going to reduce the calories overall across the day, but that isn't necessarily the case for women. This is one of the critical distinctions that I'm going to go through on this live uh, between men and women uh, in relation to how that might affect your appetite when you're fasting. But that would be another reason for doing it. So if you're thinking that I want to lose a bit of weight, that could be another reason that you're thinking about fasting. Um, It is muscle preserving. So it's not the same as when we drop calories overall, what we tend to see is we lose some muscle, we lose some fat and the reduction in muscle, if we're not keeping protein high, we, we lose that muscle and unfortunately that affects our metabolism in a downward direction. And so then we're more likely to gain weight afterwards. That doesn't happen uh, necessarily with fasting because it is mostly muscle preserving, depending if you're doing it in, in sort of the right way. Um, another reason that is uh, often used is I want to enhance autophagy, uh, which is like the cellular recycling. So when you're in that fasted state, what happens is your body starts to look at like cells that are maybe a bit kind of decrepit, uh, looks at recycling components, the immune cells essentially pick it up and start reusing parts and getting rid of all the debris. So you're kind of having like a really good clean out when you're doing a fast, but things happen at different stages. So this is a this is going to be the misconception number one, is if I'm fasting, then I must be stimulating autophagy and enhancing my longevity not necessarily the case. So let's deal with that one first of all. How long do you need to fast for to do that? 
So the benefits change as you go through kind of hour by hour almost, but certainly over a period of days. So the most common thing that people will talk about with fasting is the 12-12. So this would be 12 hours of eating during the day, 12 hours of fasting. This is something that I honestly feel everybody should be doing. In an ideal world, unless you're exercising extremely intensively and you need to support higher metabolic demands, um, then I would say everybody should be doing 12 hours overnight. Children as young as 18 months too seem to do this extremely effectively. They will have their uh, dinner early in the evening around five or six o'clock and then they may have a little bit of milk um, before bed, they may not, and then they tend to sleep kind of seven through seven and then they'll eat again and they do that easily. So anybody can do this, that's not really fasting. That is called time-restricted eating. And time-restricted eating is where you're doing it in alignment with your circadian rhythm, so the rise and fall of the sun. That's something that I think everyone should be doing. Let me talk briefly about the benefits of that. Yep, that's super easy, Corey, super easy to do and implement. And I'm going to tell you the benefits of you doing that is firstly, you're going to give your metabolism a rest for 12 hours. And when you do that, it's going to enhance sleep and particularly deep sleep, particularly if you make that last meal away from bedtime. So when we look at that 12 hours, 12 hours, not all 12 hours are going to be the same. So what we want to do is try and bring that earlier in the day. So it is going to be better for you, for example, to eat between uh, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. than it is to try and eat between 9 or 10 a.m. and 9 to 10 p.m. The reason is that is getting very close to bedtime. You're likely to have higher levels of insulin then closer to bedtime. And I'll talk about how that disrupts things in a moment. Um, you're not going to get into such deep levels of sleep um, because you're busy digesting food. So the key thing with this 12-12 routine is we try to bring it earlier during the day. The thing is what many people are doing is the first thing they're doing is thinking, well, I'll push and I'll postpone breakfast. Now, there is a bit of an issue with that because actually if you're looking for body composition changes, one of the best things you can do is to fuel early in the morning uh, and to get protein specifically early in the morning, about 30 to 40 grams of protein within 30 to 60 minutes of waking if you really want to turbocharge metabolism. It also helps with circadian rhythm. It also communicates a degree of safety to your adrenal glands, which impacts thyroid function. So this is a really important part. So we, if we're doing the 12-12, we want to try and keep it earlier. Now, this is not easy for everyone. If you're working long hours, if you are someone who works across time zones, you work later during the day, not so easy to do. If you're like me, you're running kids around, there's some nights where I just simply can't get to eat. It would be like not eating instead, uh, unless I'm going to eat at eight o'clock at night. So but what we're looking at is what are we doing most of the time? Remember, everything that we do in life that has the biggest impact are the tiny things that we do every day on a consistent basis, as opposed to the once a week thing that we do. We don't have really great teeth because we go to the dentist every six months. We have great teeth because we brush our teeth every single day, right? So we want to look at um, what we what we do. And, and Corey, you'll put in the chat, it's harder because of your partner, such an important time. That is something that I would also agree with, right? So we have to look at all of the benefits and the opportunity costs of changing things because if the, the family meal is the only time of day that you sit down with your partner or your kids or both and you have a lovely conversation and that's when you connect, that social connection is also enhancing longevity. So we have to look at that as well and it's a really important time and that's often a reason that I will eat a bit later, right? Because we are uh, wanting to all come together at that time. What I would say is try to enforce at least two hours 
prior to you going to bed and in that situation I would tend to keep the carbohydrates a bit lower and, and this is what I'm coming back to what I said at the beginning is because there is an interaction between insulin and melatonin so when we start to produce melatonin which happens during the course of the evening kind of ramping up about 9 p.m we become less insulin sensitive if we're less insulin sensitive we've got um, more glucose circulating around we're not going to get the lovely fat burning effects of sleep now the whole idea behind kind of fasting one of the thick reasons is to boost fat burning and to boost metabolism so we want to try and keep that meal i would keep it lighter if you're having it um, later i would then push more of the carbohydrates to the front of the day in and around workouts um, and keep the meal, the evening meal light and focus on kind of protein and veg. If you're struggling to sleep, then you can introduce a little bit of carbohydrates that's been shown to enhance sleep. So this is like the 12-12 that we're talking about. Then many people think, right, I want to do something like the 16-8. This is commonly where breakfast gets pushed because the idea is what I'm going to do now is I'm going to fast all morning and I'm not going to eat until midday. The difficulty with this is I would say, it's not so much a difficulty, there are difficulties for women. The first thing I would say is, why do you want to do 16-8? Like, give me a compelling reason as to why 16-8 is going to be beneficial for you, because you're not enhancing autophagy at this point. That's the first thing that needs to be kind of put out there, because it's kind of the elephant in the room. Everyone thinks, well, if I'm doing 16-8, I'm enhancing autophagy. Not so much the case. Full cellular autophagy, uh, autophagy takes place all of the time, takes place mostly in sleep. There is another trigger for autophagy that is an extremely powerful trigger that I'll come on to in a moment. Um, but if you want to stimulate full cellular autophagy, then what the studies are showing is you've got to go really into a minimum of about 24 hours. Now, there are some people who um, basically their metabolisms will mean that they need to fast for three or four days to move into autophagy. You can listen to a podcast that I did I think it was actually this time last year um, with the CEO of a company called Prolon, which is the company behind Dr. Volta Longo, who uh, talks a lot about this um, fasting. And they have like a fasting mimicking diet. And they have done studies where they can adjust the calories and micronutrients to a very specific level where it stimulates the effects of fasting without you going into a full fast. You'll still likely be hungry. It's very low calorie, um, but it's giving, it's delivering nutrients, so it's communicating a greater level of safety. So for women, this is something I would advise much more. But when they look at those studies, depending on that person's metabolism, they may not actually enter into autophagy for three or four days, and that's why the Prolon method is actually five days. If you're someone who's really lean and healthy, you could get into autophagy within 24 hours. Honestly, if you're someone who's really lean and healthy and you have low levels of oxidative stress and you have a fantastic metabolism and you're exercising loads, there's probably less reason to be fasting in the first place, right? So fasting in general is going to work probably better for women who have a lot of excess calories that they need to lose. They have a lot of stored calories in their body that they can tap into. That's going to help clean up their system because if they've been eating a diet or they've had super high levels of stress that are causing oxidative stress within the body, fasting is going to be a good way of clearing out that debris and helping to enhance metabolic health. So that would be the, the scenario. Now I'm going, to, I'm going to explain the difference between men and women in just a moment. Um, I'm going to go into the fasting timeline. If you are part of biosyncing, you have all of this in the program. It, it lays out exactly the fasting timeline and all of the benefits for you in there. But essentially, I'm just going to kind of, I'm looking over here because I have it all laid out so I can sort of read for you, is 
in the first four to six hours, you're going to see a drop in blood sugar. This is going to be reason why you don't want to be snacking all day. To keep your blood sugar stable, you want to have that kind of four to six hours break in between meals. So ideally go for three meals a day. If you're working out, maybe you're going to have one snack. Most people survive extremely well and have well-functioning metabolisms on three meals a day or three meals plus one snack. Um, when we get to 12 or 14 hours, this is when ketones start to rise. Um, it's at 18 to 20 hours we start to burn more fat, like significantly more fat. So the 16-hour fast isn't massively doing things. Uh, around 20 to 24 hours, we start to deplete glycogen in the liver, like fully, almost fully deplete it. And that gly glycogen is the long-term store of sugar. Um, now, it's after 24 hours that we see this big boost in growth hormone. Um, which helps with muscle mass, which helps with renewal in the body. Um, and then it's between 36 and 48 hours that we see that spike in autophagy. So if you're fasting for longevity reasons, the for, and for things like telomere lengthening and um, all the benefits that are associated with longevity, 16-8 isn't really going to cut it in terms of what you need to be doing. So this is why we're going to look at something else that I think is much better for, for basically triggering that metabolic switch. Um, now, beyond that, there's there's things that go on across right up until day seven. If you're part of think you can go and have a look at all of that. But the peak autophagy benefits and the lower levels of inflammation tend to be between 24 and 72 hours. Now, this is where it can get problematic because where I'm speaking to so many women who are saying to me, I'm doing fasting and maybe you're even following fasting around the menstrual cycle, but I'm still having this storage. I still can't fit into my skinny jeans. Why is this happening? It's because the way this works in women is different than in men. And many of the benefits that we see in men are not replicated in women. So some of the benefits that we see in men is improved insulin sensitivity. We see a decrease in LDL cholesterol. LDL cholesterol is the type of cholesterol that most people worry a bit about. Now, if it, it tends to be more problematic if it's oxidized. So again, we come back to oxidative stress and keeping that low in the body and eating plenty of kind of antioxidants and things to support that. We see a decrease in triglycerides. Okay, so this is looking at lipid profiles, fat profiles within the blood. We see improvements in that in men. We see reductions in oxidative stress. We see enhanced memory, so we're getting those cognitive benefits, and we see enhanced cellular autophagy when men do fasting. When there have been studies done on women, because bear in mind that most of these studies are done on sedentary, overweight men and women. So if you are an exerciser and you exercise regularly, you're not really falling within these criteria if you're doing exercise regularly. We found that women had, it had no, no impact on insulin sensitivity. In fact, pre-diabetic women who fasted tipped into, into type 2 diabetes. Uh, there was an increase in HDL cholesterol. That's a positive, right? HDL cholesterol is a good type of cholesterol that we want to see more of. However, what we saw was no shift in the LDL cholesterol. In men, we saw positive impact in LDL cholesterol. In men, we saw an improvement. Triglycerides went down. In women, uh, no decrease in triglycerides. In women, we saw an increase in oxidative stress. Definitely not something we want. If we're not seeing a shift in LDL cholesterol and we're seeing a shift in oxidative stress, more likely to have oxidized potentially, we could extrapolate. More likely then we're having oxidative stress in the body, it's more likely that LDL may become oxidized as well. Um, we see disrupted sleep. This is another thing. So perimenopausal, postmenopausal women, even women around the menstrual cycle, if you're struggling with sleep, which is really common, 
um, then this could actually only exacerbate those sleep problems because we saw disruptions in sleep, less deep sleep. What does deep sleep do? Deep sleep is when we get more growth hormone increase, which we were hoping for the from the fasting. Deep sleep is also when we see more cellular autophagy and repair. We see increased uh, fat burning. Deep sleep went down. Um, and then also we see less REM sleep, which is really important for emotional regulation. Um, there was minimal to no effect on autophagy and there was what we call enhanced sympathetic activity. If you enjoy this podcast, visit femalebiohacker.com and be part of a special community of women looking to optimize their mind, body, and spirit. If you're tired of sifting through countless websites and books to find the answers to your questions about nutrition, fitness, hormones, mindset, spirituality, and biohacking, the search is over. I've done the research for you and every week we go live with in-depth masterclasses, Q&A calls and monthly challenges to help you transform your life. And when you join the collective, you'll have access to a wealth of information, including deep dive masterclasses and biohacking toolkits on our members' favorites like metabolic flexibility, gut health, stress and resiliency and stepping into your most empowered self. Get access and be coached by me and my team and level up your health, career, and life all for less than a dollar a day. Go to femalebiohacker.com or click the link below to get started. And I'll see you on the inside.